Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Keep Trying. I'm your host, Kiana Martinez, and I'm very excited today because I have Erica and J.R. Cardenas <laughs> with me. <laughs> we, we just had a whole discussion about their last name, so <laughs> just trying to say it the way um, I felt most comfortable. J.R., do you yes, want to say it the way? No. That's, nope. That's how it is. He's just going to go with it. I <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have both of you here because I feel like you guys both just inspire me in a lot of different ways with what you guys do and your careers and your family and just, yeah, you guys are awesome. So, um, let's start with, um, let's start with the stuff you guys do together, your commercials and stuff. How did you guys kind of get into doing that? Well, I was at a family barbecue once. Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, awkward. (laughs) We've been doing, let's see, so as a family, we've been doing commercials now for really regular stuff, probably, I want to say what, five years? Yeah, maybe four or five years. Yeah, maybe four or five years. Noah's walking already, Mm -hmm. so. He's about one, I think, when he had his first talent gig. Um, But... We've been in the industry for a while. I'll let Jared speak on behalf of himself. But, like, for me, I've been doing um, acting or talent work for, I want to say, 25, without revealing my age. (laughs) (laughs) Probably about maybe 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really when I really started pursuing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've always had a like a desire to some, in some way, shape, or form, perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So I'll let you jump in, Jer. Talk about yourself. Uh, I'm really good at that. <laughs> You're yeah. really, I'm sure you won't have an issue. <laughs> uh, see, I'm a little shy, but... Uh, well, I started when I was 19 years old. I came to Phoenix from a little city named Yuma, Arizona, in the corner of hell. And... Um, I came up here and I walked into a radio station. I actually used to work for J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. And okay. I was the only bilingual person they had there. Nice. And they asked me to do a commercial for them, basically saying, hey, if you are if you can understand what I'm saying in Spanish and you have money under the mattress, take it out of the mattress and bring it to the bank and make some money for putting your money in here. Mm-hmm. And I recorded and they said, well, we need you to go to this radio station and drop it off. So when I dropped it off, it was a new radio station. Um, I had just switched from English to Spanish, country oh, to Spanish. Cool. And uh, the guy says, that's a good voice. Who did that voice? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, that was, that's me. He's like, oh, you got a good voice. How would you like to work mm-hmm. in radio? You know, and at the time I was taking care of three brothers. Mm-hmm. They were living with me. So my first question was, how much does it pay? <laughs> and he says, it doesn't pay a lot of money, but you're going to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to my boss and I told her, who was always really supportive, I said, look, it's a great opportunity for me to work at a radio station and I don't want to leave this job because this job pays really, really well. Mm-hmm. She says, you're only going to be your age once. Follow your dream. You're always doing it here. Yeah. Go do it over there. And so I jumped in and I was a remote tech. You know, I was an intern first for six months because at the same time I was going to school. Mm-hmm. And they didn't pay me one cent. And then the day that I was going to go back to work at Chase because I just couldn't afford it anymore, they said... Uh, we're going to go ahead and hire you. Six months after hiring me for remote tech, they made me the morning show guy. Wow. And that was, I was 20, 
20 years old doing a morning show. That's awesome. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, syndicated in 13 cities shortly after that. Uh, a little bit after that, uh, 22 years old, t- TV came calling and they said, hey, we want you to audition for a weekend show. And I did. And I got the part. I got the role. And that, that show had zero ratings. Mm-hmm. And one of the salespersons to, who still works there, there 20 years later and to this day tells me, that show had zero ratings, and when you jumped on, it went two hundred seventy five percent increase, which wow. is huge. That's yeah. And I was just like, "Wow, that was amazing!" And I never looked back. And in two thousand six, I stopped working for an actual station, mm-hmm. and I went independent, not by choice. They said, "Hey, your time has come; it's time to go." It's very common in this business. Oh yeah. And um, from there on, I went over to English TV, and I've been there since. That's awesome. That's so cool. Wow, you gave your whole biography. I was like, like two minutes. I'm like, like I didn't minutes. know. I feel like I need to retract what everything I just said and add to it. Be more specific with me because I can keep going. And one day, wow. it's on a Saturday morning, about 7, 12 in the morning. This is what you get when you have husband and wife on together. Like, let me add some stuff, some more stuff. Yeah. I haven't been drinking. Let me um, yeah, pull out husband. my bio. <laughs> Okay. I'll put both of your bios. <laughs> I thought this was a keep trying podcast. <laughs> I kept trying no. to tell you my story as fast as I could. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. I love stuff like that. So it's, you kind of just like fell into it <clears throat> is what it seems like. Well, I, I mean, I, were you, you were going to school for it. Right? I was, but yeah. it was one of those, I mean, I always shoot myself in the face for that. It was horrible. It was a technical school. I spent 18 grand to do radio and television for them. Mm-hmm. And when I went to an actual college, I said, you have to start all over. This is not worth anything, and I was—I felt, you know, I felt take, taken advantage of, mm-hmm. and I—I I hated it. Yeah. But, but I knew I wanted to do that since I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I told my mom, "I'm going to be on TV." That's awesome. And typical Mexican mom's like, "I mean, don't bore with Mexican. You're never going to do that." <laughs> I was like, "Watch, I'm going to show you." <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. Now you guys do family commercials, which I love seeing yeah. the whole family in it. Yeah, and the kids really love it too, and so um, which is really really cool. So Jr. and I, you know, like we've mentioned, we do lots of commercials together, but we also do lots of work apart mm-hmm. from one another. Um, so it's always really really nice when we are able to bring everything together as a family. Yeah. And so our six year old Noah and our daughter, who is eleven. Um, every now and then they'll get the chance to do it with us and they like to do it you know Mm -hmm. not I don't know so much about Noah but you know he has his moments (laughs) yeah but it's it's really nice because if anything it just is you know brings us together to where we can just create these family memories yeah for sure and it's cool you know they they have they like it and Allie especially you know she likes to kind of point out yeah. At school to her friends, you know, mm-hmm. that she's on this commercial or this commercial or yeah. whatnot. So yeah. it's fun. It's really, what'd you do this weekend? I shot a commercial. I'm just on a 20 foot billboard <laughs> at Harkins. No, yeah. So it's it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And, and I think it makes all the difference in the world when you actually really enjoy what you do, mm-hmm. you know, and you have a passion for what you do. Um, you know, I, I graduated um, from ASU from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when I was going to the school, I remember thinking, gosh, I really, 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 like my desire was to do broadcast journalism, mm-hmm. like be on the news. Yeah. But it's so funny because I was, let's see, 
21 at the time when I got accepted into that program, that mm-hmm. school. And I'll never forget, like, I went to <clears throat> Channel 12 News, um, and I met with C. McLaughlin, who, is Cene still on the air? He's still yeah. on the air, right? Yeah. And so I was just, like, this girl in college who's, like, I want to be a reporter. And so yeah. he was nice enough to show me around the station and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, give me a tour and answer my questions. And at the time, my older son, Nick, who's now 21, Nick was... I want to say like five at the time, maybe four or five. And I remember leaving the station feeling really, really um, discouraged because I'm like, gosh, this is what I really want to do. I really want to do TV, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have to move markets. I don't want to have to. So all these what ifs mm-hmm. started playing games in my mind. Right. And I was like, and, and, and I was like, okay. Well, I guess TV's not for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead of, I mean, you have to go through those learning yeah. mistakes and learning curves Definitely. in life, you know? Mm-hmm. But so what I did was after that meeting, I decided, okay, well, I have Nick. I don't want to have to be moving markets. And then I, it was really fear, mm-hmm. you know, fear oh, kind of yeah. like paralyzed me. And I was like, I, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so then I changed my major to journalism and journalism and public relations. Mm-hmm. And then it's interesting how come full circle all these years later, now I've had the opportunity to do really what I really wanted to do in my, you know, early 20s. So I feel super, super blessed because of that. Um, And so JR actually also hosts a TV show on Cox Cable called Suvida. And I'm actually now hosting a show on Cox Cable um, called Your Health. So it's kind of, it's just yeah. so cool to see how everything works out. is working out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I use that story a lot when I, um, when I share my story or when I talk to girls about, you know, having or going after their dreams or aspirations is sometimes if you're fearful, you know, it's natural. It's, it's normal to be scared. Mm-hmm. We all have that feeling, right. you know? Um, but don't let it paralyze you to the point where you just completely stop or walk away from something you feel in your heart that Mm -hmm. you really want to do. Right. You know, because I mean, you just have to, you just have to do it. Yeah. So I love that. And I feel like that's kind of like the whole reason why I wanted to start doing this podcast is because I find myself becoming fearful and when I get stuck in those moments it really helps me to hear other people's stories and struggles and especially people who I admire and look up to and realize that everybody Mm -hmm. goes through it Mm -hmm. and everybody's scared and you just kind of have to keep doing it until something eventually happens and works out Mm -hmm. and like you said you're exactly where you wanted to be from the first place and yeah it's really cool. So it's really cool. Yeah. 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 So super thankful for that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And you also do um, a clothing line mm-hmm. called Inspire Her, mm-hmm. which I love. I need to get Yay. a shirt from you also oh, so yeah, I can start absolutely. rocking that. How did you start doing that? So Inspire Her is an inspirational t-shirt line for girls and women that I launched about two and a half years ago. Um, and it really was, it, it stemmed out of how am I going to share my story of some of the things that I went through as a teenager and as a young woman, young woman, um, 
what is that going to look like? And so I wasn't really sure what that was going to look like. And so um, I did a lot of mentoring with different nonprofits that support girls and women in the community here in town. And that was awesome. You know, that was a great experience, but I felt like there was just something more to do with it. And so um, uh, it it evolved into an inspirational t-shirt line where I was going to use t-shirts mm-hmm. to encourage um, encourage girls and women to give them hope, to remind them to keep going, to remind them to not give up, and to most importantly, to, um, to remind them that their lives have value and worth. Mm-hmm. And that was really stemmed because of the fact when I was a young, young teenager, I went through a really hard um, time in my life where I didn't see the value and worth in my own life, mm-hmm. and so struggled a lot different things, um, with my self-esteem, you know, just, just went through a lot of different things. And so really I just use inspire her to, um, uh, encourage others around me, you know? And so it's been really, really cool to see how inspire her has evolved and has now touched, um, girls and women, not only locally, but from around the nation. That's awesome. And so it's awesome. Yeah. It's really, I always say it's not necessarily just a t-shirt line. Like mm-hmm. it's actually a movement. Yeah. And so that's really what it's become. Mm-hmm. Like it's become this movement where girls and women are coming alongside and inspire her to say, you know what? I love these t-shirts, but more so, um, I want to also share a piece of my story, mm-hmm. you know, a piece of what I've been through and, yeah. and this is how I've made a difference and this is how you can make a difference too. You know, because at the end of the day, it's like I say, like we're not meant to live in this life by ourselves or only for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have to use what we have, our gifts, our talents to help serve and help other people around us. Yeah. So yeah. So Inspire has just been awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Can't wait to see what else 2018 has in store for us. Yeah. Awesome. I guess my interview's done. (laughs) For his uh, <laughs> ten-minute dissertation <laughs> on his <Jeez>. bio, <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, I was literally gonna like a segue from that into like, see oh, so that? Like, let's talk about that. But now I kind of just want to keep talking to Erica. <laughs> Trust me, everybody does. Totally kidding. No, um, Jr. <laughs> we will segue to Jr. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Turn let's the spotlight. Talk about, yeah, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your stuff. Let's talk about oh, Suvita. I hate talking about myself, but uh, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> oh, Suvita came. Suvita had been around for a while. Um, had been gone. It was been on for two seasons mm-hmm. before I jumped on board. Originally started with one host. They changed that female host to another female host, mm-hmm. who's a good friend of ours. And then um, a year afterwards. The producer who I work with at Univision TV mm-hmm. um, called me and says, "Hey, I don't have a lot of money, but we got potential for the show." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do it." And it was just one of those the next six episodes you're gonna do, and then for the next show, I was the official co-host for that show. That's awesome. And that's been going on yeah. since 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah 2011. So the show, a couple seasons ago, they told us it's going regional, which it did. It mm-hmm. went regional to Vegas mm-hmm. and San Diego. 
within the Cox network. Right. Now Cox has a, a network called Yearview. Mm-hmm. And so wherever Yearview is showed, not just on Cox Cable, you can see this show. And you nice. can see Erica's show. Well, actually, you can see Subida. Yeah. And you can see regional shows from them. And so we were informed last season the show's now national and, and they've changed a little bit. They've made it more of a national show. So we're excited. We shoot in a couple of weeks. <laughs> The first episode of 2018, so that's so exciting. It's been cool. It's yeah. it's, it's nice. It's nice to to every once in a while you get a text message, a random text message from somebody who saw it, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where my aunt is. I saw your show. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. when you come from very humble beginnings, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you yeah you turn into something from nothing everybody seems to claim that you are related to that. yeah <laughs> and then, yeah i am related to her that's my aunt yeah. that's my mom's sister so. yeah i think it's always cool too to just i don't know like you said when you come from from somewhere where like that's not the norm and you're mm-hmm. able to go and do that and show people and especially younger generations i always think about like with the stuff that i do how I want to be able to influence and like inspire my niece and my nephew and my younger cousins to just Mm -hmm. do something that they love to do and realize that you can be successful at at it. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's really cool. And I think Mm -hmm. it's cool when family starts to like come around, especially ones that it's not that they're negative, but they're protective in a way where it's like, that's not a a normal career. That's not a very promising career. And so they try and shield you from that. And I think it's cool once you start to be successful to hear those praises and be like, you know, yeah. And it's it's always been like that. It's always been like that with, you know, five brothers or if you did something that was a common, you don't be an idiot. That Mm -hmm. wasn't the word that they would use, (laughs) but you know, they punch you in the face or punch you in the arm, that kind of thing. Yeah. Since I was a kid, it was always like, you know, you're not going to, why don't you do something normal? Like Mm -hmm. if you want to work, if you want to be something work. Yeah. I'll work. Yeah. But I love going back and telling people, hey, you can do it. I grew up in a trailer, in a single mm-hmm. wide trailer with five boys and three cousins, three girls. Wow. And we all slept on the floor. Wow. You know, and my mom and my dad's still in there. And wow. it was, it was, you know, hard for all of us mm-hmm. because we had no heater in the winter. It was one of those big blankets, the Mexican wow, blankets. Wow, yeah. We had, uh, every once in a while, we'd go kill buffalo and we use their skin to keep warm. <laughs> You know, those Yuma buffalo. <laughs> right. Arizona. It's called Arizona buffalo. Look it up in the dictionary. It started so heartwarming. <laughs> and then it ended with buffalo. And in the summer, we had no air conditioner. In the summer, it was a cooler, water cooler. It was an evaporating yeah. cooler. You know, it was one of those things. And, you know... Now my brother came over here a couple of days ago and we just got a house. And, yeah. You know, we're sitting he, in your beautiful new house. And he's like, this is amazing, man. Yeah. You come from a trailer and look at your house and this and this and this. It's, like, it's, it's possible it can happen. He's very successful himself. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's like for me to go back and tell people you can do whatever you want to do. It's great. Yeah. When, when, when you're I spoke at ASU and I, I said something about, you know, use that fire to, to do, make a difference. If your parents tell you you can't do it, you go back and you show them you can. Right. And I looked down and there was a little girl crying. And I was Aww. like, oh. And then when I got down to talk to her, she said, that's exactly what I'm going through. They don't oh. believe I should go to college. They don't believe I should be here. And I was like, well, they're them wrong. You have yeah. an opportunity to break the cycle and prove them wrong. Right. And, and I haven't heard from her, but it's great to hear from people that I've talked to before. And they say, hey, because of what you told me, mm-hmm. I've done pretty well. Yeah. And so I am aging myself. I'm, I turned 38 mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> Last year. Yeah. December. Yeah. 
That's so cool. I love seeing like this is stuff that like I feel like I didn't even really know that mm-hmm. much about with both of you. Um, I mean, you just found out that we were related, Jr. Like last On year, TV, a couple yeah. years ago. <laughs> For people that are listening to this podcast, I was working for a news station and I went to a rodeo. <laughs> and I show up to a rodeo in Levi's. Where it was like wears five wrangles. in the morning. It was like was five it? in the morning. <laughs> and there's this, this pretty girl walking out and she's going to be singing there. And I interview the whole thing and her dad is there. And was your dad or your mom? Um, I think it was my dad. It was your yeah. dad. And then the uh, main host of this rodeo is with us and we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. And then your dad tells yeah, tell uh, tell tell Erica I said hi. And how, how do you know Erica? Well, we're your cousins. <laughs> and the guy's like, "Look at this guy finding out on television that you're related." <laughs> and I was like, "Were you on oh. commercial break during that time?" And then you still had a hit after no, we that. Were live. Or were you what were I don't think we were live. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was that like a commercial. Yeah, it was like in between. It was in between because yeah. I remember everybody in the air was like, "This guy just found out." Everybody was making fun of me in the studio. <laughs> This guy just found out they're related. And, like, oh. and then you come back from a commercial break and you're like, by the way, did you say anything? I don't remember what I said. I, I can't remember either. It's just so funny. It's just, it's part of um, being Mexican. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The family that you didn't quite know that you have. I know that there was Rodriguez in my family. I didn't know there was Martinez. It's so funny. <clears throat> So you guys do um, a lot of bilingual stuff too, which I love, right? So Suvida is um, Suvida, even though it English. has it's English, yeah. yeah. So but even though it has a, a Spanish name, it's mm-hmm. an English show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we were trying at the time to reach a more Hispanic demographic, mm-hmm. and so we were going for the Hispanic Spanish speaking. What you call the Americanized Mexican. Yeah. You know, that guy that speaks English, that yeah. girl that speaks English. Yeah. Me, uh, like whose parents just barely taught them right. any Spanish. Right. So that's... <laughs> still that's, Mexican. <laughs> and, and, and it worked. It yeah. worked because it gives, you know, my co-host, she just doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, she's what we call a, uh, a Ramirez, not a Ramirez. <laughs> So she doesn't speak a lick of Spanish, but I'm what you call a Cardenas. <laughs> no, oh, not go. a Cardenas. <laughs> not a Cardenas. Eric is a Cardenas. I'm a Cardenas. I'm a Cardenas. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. Cool. Do you guys, what do you guys have planned for this year? Any exciting new things? Continuing on all the stuff that you're doing? Yeah. You know, well, um, from like a, a TV or show perspective, you know, JR is going to keep plugging away at Suvila, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, we start a new season yeah, January new 16th. Season. It's exciting. Yeah. And you'll be able to see the show. You can you can see it online if you go to uh-huh. yourview.com, Y-U-R-V-I-E-W.com. So I think mm-hmm. slash Arizona. Slash Arizona, but you can actually yeah. watch Suvila oh, okay. nationally. So you can, you oh, can yeah, that's anywhere. true. Yeah. So if you go, you can check it out. And, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the guys that always gave me such a hard time at uh, one of the news stations I work for said, I saw the show for the first time. What a great show. And I'm like, oh, well, it's about to change. I'm glad you got that version out of it. Yeah. But um, it's a good show. It's a good show. And it's basically the fun stuff to do around town. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got fun stuff to do. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially here. It's growing so much. So. And then we didn't mention, too, like with all of our... Um, with all of the stuff that we have going on with TV and talent in the shows and stuff, we also, hopefully in 2018, we're really going to get um, cracking with, uh, uh, excuse our <laughs> six-year-old who just turned on the TV. 
It's fine. We're this is real life. This is raw. Yeah. This is raw life right now. <laughs> it's real life. Um, he, uh, we're gonna hopefully really get moving on hashtag Los Cardinations. So yes. just to kind of give you a little story of Los Cardinations. So Jr. Um, went with this on, on social media, you know, obviously playing off of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Um, he, on social media, started hashtagging, what, like a year ago? Yeah. Hashtag Los, because our last name obviously is Cardinus, so it's Kardashians. So playing again off of the Kardashians. And so it really started, it's funny because it started picking up. Mm-hmm. Like people actually, hey, where, what are the Los Kardashians doing? And so <laughs> it just is a hashtag that has yeah. kind of evolved into something kind of funny and interesting. And so we have, if you, if you um, look up the hashtag Los Kardashians on Instagram, You'll see like all you'll you'll see a glimpse of our lives, like what That's we so do. Cool. It's so cool. Yeah. So um hopefully we do something with that because we've had several people who have expressed interest in actually making Los Kardashians like a real thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah. we we got invited to uh NASCAR and, mm. and to go out mm-hmm. and, and actually they they emailed us saying, hey, we would like Los Cardinashes to come out. And we're like, what? <laughs> and so we went there, and uh, what's the name of the, the dad on uh, on um, Gina oh. Rodriguez's show? Um, Jaime, Jaime Camil, who was in uh, Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. So Jaime, he was there, and we talked a little bit about it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I asked him, how, you know, how he felt about the car, and he's like, so, you know, and I told him a little bit about the show. And, this yeah. and he's like, oh, well, that'd be great. You know, we need more Hispanics on national television. So maybe we can get the reality show going, and, and what started as a joke is yeah. that's always been kind of the thing. Things that start as a joke. I was joking with her, and hey, maybe yeah, you know, should it, it go really out, Erica, and it was a joke. And look at this, now we're married. <laughs> oh yeah, later. you know. <laughs> so it's a whole other story. It was a joke. Buddy. It was all a joke, but it yeah. became very successful. Yeah. So those Cardinals picked up really quick, and we've. We've had a couple of people tell us they want to do a reality show, and if it happens, it happens. If if not, we've got enough content to where we might just launch it socially. So. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, can even do like a YouTube is so vlog. Everything so social media yeah. driven these days. Seriously, that you, we could, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so exciting, and it's yeah. so cool too because I mean, it is you guys and your your family. You mm-hmm. guys do different stuff together, and the kids get to be involved, which I love. I mean, for yeah. me, doing a job. And pursuing like the entertainment business, that's always been a big worry of mine. It's like when I finally meet someone and get married and decide to have kids, do yeah. I stop doing this and mm-hmm. focus on mm-hmm. that, or am I able to do both? And it's yeah. really cool to see you guys Build doing both. Choir. And yeah, build a choir. I mean, have eleven children. Awesome. And you guys have you guys just got your uh, hashtag not famous shirts. Um, yes. There's another joke. Okay, See, so. Jer has this uh, pattern of creating these joke hashtags that actually take, take off, off into something else. So I it's kind of funny. When you're in Spanish media, whether you're at a local level or at a national level, and mm-hmm. at one point I got to do this nationally as well, you become very, very famous mm-hmm. in that culture, yeah. within that demographic of Spanish-speaking people. And, I mean, even when I met Erica, people would scream from the car, my name, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it was the Hispanic, it was that Hispanic people, right? Hispanic mm-hmm. person. She was like, ugh, basic. Um, Actually, basic was the word. Ugh, generic. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, basic was far from being a word yet. Uh, anyways, but so the not famous thing came back when when you know people started telling me, dude, you're so famous and blah blah blah. I was like, yeah. I'm not famous. Well, I'm not famous. Yeah. And even if I was, I mean, it doesn't feel like famous. You know, mm-hmm. being a parent humbles you down a lot. Yeah. So it's about them. If I do anything, I do it maybe for the, not so much for the fame. I'm a simple man, like Tupac would say. I want the money. You know? <laughs> the not famous is just to remind me to keep working hard to get to a famous level. And whether I do or not, it's still always going to be not famous. So, mm-hmm. Erica came up with the idea on my birthday to give me about a thousand shirts. So now we're selling these not famous shirts. <laughs> And, uh, and you can actually just look up Los Cardinations and somehow you'll find it linked because it's on there. Yeah. Uh, 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, shipping is included. <laughs> we have every this size unisex. Sales, this isn't a sales pitch though, I, uh, but I, by I'm the still way, getting better because, available in size extra small to 2XL. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I first posted it, she's like, you did nothing to push it. I was like, well, I'm not, you know. Because t-shirt, you know, it's, it's. Since I've been doing the t-shirt thing for two yeah. years, it's like I'm just in this mode, mode yeah. you know? And yeah. so I'm like, wait, you, you need to push it. You need to <laughs> do this and that. So I told him just yesterday that it'd be so cool if he started his own line mm-hmm. of t-shirts, you know, like with his own personality. Yeah. Because you probably can't yeah. tell by this interview that he has a very... Yeah, he's not you know, entertaining we're like at all. <laughs> yin and yang, like fire and ice, you know, completely polar opposites. I but, was at a family barbecue. <laughs> but... I thought it'd be a cool idea, you know, yeah. to kind of go with it. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think 2018 has a lot of cool stuff, a lot of exciting things in store um, for us individually and, like, for us together as a family, of yeah. course. So, yeah, we're excited. But you got to keep trying. Awesome. you got to try. Excited. That's the first yeah. step. You know? I have <laughs> yeah. an uncle who has done nothing with his life, but he told me, and I always remember, and I always tell people, to get to China, you can get to China just by asking directions. Ask, ask for directions, you'll get to China. Mm-hmm. But in order for you to get there, you just have to take a step. First step. And then I was just like, wow. And my uncle was an alcoholic. And the guy had nothing going for him. Mm-hmm. But when he told me that, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. This mm-hmm. is, this is you know, you pick up what you want to pick up. But that was something that I always remember. We always told me, you want to do something, the first step is ask for directions. But make that first, take that first step. And you'll get to where you need to get. Yeah. You know? and, and so... You just got to keep trying. For people that are listening this to, to this and they want to, they want to keep trying. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah, keep going. And, and it's funny because the best part of it is when people say, "I I knew that person when they first started," or "I knew them at the beginning," mm-hmm. and you hear it all day, yeah. all day long. You know? Yeah. New Year's Eve, I got so many texts messages. My phone almost died, and half the people I had no clue who they were. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is cool. You know. Yeah. And I didn't respond to any of them because I didn't know who they were. <laughs> but it's you know it's like. It's great. And it's great to hear, you know, now that I'm older, people coming from my past and say, hey, you know, there's this, this white guy says, how do I get to be successful? And I was like 22 or 23 years old. Mm-hmm. He said, how do I get to be successful like you? I said, well, I'm going to tell you what I tell every Mexican, but the other way around. Every Mexican, I tell them, speak English and you'll become more successful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, speak Spanish and you'll become more successful. And then, you know, 10 yeah. years later, I run into him and he's like, I married a Mexican woman. I hablo espanol. Wow. And all my, my four businesses, five businesses, I don't remember how many businesses, they all catered to Hispanics and I'm rich. Wow. I'm like, yeah. wow, I should have done that. <laughs> the point is, if yeah. you took my advice and you became successful, that's great. It's great for me to know that. Yeah. That I told you something and, and you're coming back and you're giving me credit for it. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I think it's cool too that like with, with even that, like being said, like speak Spanish, speak English, it's people want to connect with other people. And I think that 
the more you're able to relate to other people or even speak their language, the more you're able to inspire people and, and be successful because I feel like the majority of success comes from who you know. And I mean, working yeah. hard for sure, but it, when you meet people and they can relate to you and they believe in you, a lot of really cool things happen from that. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. My mom, we, you know, so we were true. very poor and we were, uh, what is that stuff that you put your kids on when you don't have insurance? Um, Wick? No. Oh, no, 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 Access. Access. Mm -hmm. So we were on Access growing up, you know, because it's five boys and Mm -hmm. an unemployed mom and dad. So we were were on Access, and I went to go see a doctor, and and I always remember this doctor because he always told me, he says, how many languages do you speak? (laughs) He was an Indian doctor. Mm -hmm. I said, I speak two languages, doctor. I always speak two languages. You're going to make two times the amount of money. (laughs) And I remember clearly how he told me and how he said it. I was like... And, you know, when I was 19 or 20 years old, Erica was working for an agency that handled the McDonald's account. And they literally wanted to pay me only for the English and the Spanish. Only for one, mm-hmm. not for both. And I was like, wow. well, you make the same amount for both. Yeah. No, we're only going to pay you for the English, you know, $5,000. I don't remember the amount. We're going to pay you 5000 for the English and 1000 for the Spanish. And wow. at the time I was working for a radio station, I was like, yeah. no. You know, 70% of your clientele comes from Spanish speakers. Why yeah. are you only going to... You're going to pay me the same thing. They're like, we're only going to use it for Spanish then. And they paid me the 5000 but only for Spanish. Wow. And that was in 2000. Mm-hmm. And now I go somewhere and they're like, oh, you speak two languages? Well, then just do both. Yeah. And we'll pay you the same amount for both. Now it's yeah. different. Yeah. And so I always remember, and I always tell kids, I always speak two languages. You're going to make two times the amount of money. Yeah. And I tell them in an accent. So, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah. And so now I tell my kids, you know, they don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's hard because my wife doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. But when somebody speaks to me in Spanish, she completely understands everything. <laughs> well, I do. I mean, I understand Why is that girl talking to you in Spanish? <laughs> but you I just pick up an ear for it. You know what I mean? Like growing up in... Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in a home for about 10 years where it was a Spanish-speaking home. And you just learn, you learn the language. You know, but my regret, of course, is that I didn't force myself to communicate back in Spanish. Right. So I would hear Spanish, but I would talk back in English. Mm-hmm. But I can memorize scripts in Spanish. Thank you very much. <laughs> but Thank you very not, much. It's no, not 100% yeah. It's not. Yeah. So yeah, I know. It's just practice. That's all yeah. it is. And right. I tell my kids, if there's a class in school, and once they start going to a school that has that opportunity, mm-hmm. they're going to go into Spanish, because yeah. I want them to speak Spanish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm working on, on trying to speak Spanish and, like, fluently, because mm-hmm. like you, Erica, I understand it, and I, my family speaks Spanish, and I want to eventually be able to sing in Spanish, mm-hmm. too, and, mm-hmm. and do both. Um, and even now at shows, I get a lot of Hispanic fans who come up and they'll start speaking to me in Spanish Mm. and I'm able to get through the majority of it but there's a part of me that just really wishes that I spoke more so that Mm -hmm. I could connect more with them because Mm -hmm. it's really cool to have people come up and recognize that I'm Mexican and that we have this you know culture in common but I want to give more of Mm. that to them because I I don't know I just think it's really important and really cool do do you know why Selena made it so big? Selena made it so big because obviously when she was good looking, they had great music. Mm-hmm. But she sang Diana Ross and yeah. took Diana Ross and turned it into Spanish. Mm-hmm. Her style is very 70s. And, yeah. And in the Hispanic culture, nobody sang like her. Mm-hmm. So when she came in, she took something that was bilingual to her, yeah. normal, mm-hmm. and she brought it back into Spanish. 
that blew her up. Yeah. And and she made she made it her style. Yeah. But originally the songs that she would sing was the '70s songs mm-hmm. in English, and she would just sing them in Spanish. Yeah. You know, the, the Chain Gang, <laughs> Fotos y Recuerdos. That's the mm-hmm. Chain Gang, mm-hmm. and she turned it into Fotos y Recuerdos, and then people are like, oh, the way she sings is amazing. Yeah. Man. It's amazing, and, and I grew up in the era where she was huge, mm-hmm. huge, and. To me, being bilingual was like, my dad used to listen to that song. <laughs> Ring my bell. She sang, Ring yeah. my bell. Yeah. Like, That's my dad. <laughs> my dad listened to like the Rolling Stones, Cindy Lauper, and yes. she, would, she would dump Cindy Lauper in Spanish all day, mm. and then Diana Ross and all those 70s. Yes. Yeah. But Selena took that and brought it into Spanish. And I think here's an opportunity for Keanu Martinez to take, take anything in English yeah. and just make it her own in Spanish. Yeah. Not mimic. Because, right. you know, but it, it, it could work because Shakira does uh, Alanis Morissette all day in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it could work. Or just yeah. make it your own. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's why Celine, she took advantage of being bilingual. Yeah. And she brought the English into the Spanish and it worked for her very, mm-hmm. very well. Of course, there was the physical attributes. Yeah. There was cumbia. Which yeah. Which her dad said, you need to make people dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but also her style was very, very, to me, I would say it's like very Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Anyways, awesome. <laughs> that's another benefit of being bilingual. Mm, yeah. <laughs> We've learned so much today. Right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being yeah. here with me and talking with me, letting me come see your new house and yeah, meet your dog. Absolutely. So cute. He's just been, like, sleeping over here, just hanging yeah. out. He's so chill. You don't even know he's here. <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's our vicious Rottweiler who only sleeps all day. <laughs> he's so cute, though. <laughs> He'll come and lick you, like, all day. A robber breaks in, he would lick like, him oh, to hey. death. <laughs> Police officer says, what happened? The dog, he was just licking me to death. <laughs> awesome. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? I mean, I usually have people kind of close with um, just like a quick little inspirational speech. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that way, if someone doesn't want to listen to the whole thing, I can say, hey, just go to the last five minutes and you'll yeah. get your inspiration for the day and, and get to hear kind of the gist of what we talked about. Um, so... Sure, sure, I'll jump in here. (laughs) This is my cue. Um, No, I would say I probably would end it with, um, I know we touched on this earlier, but really just believing in yourself, um, surrounding yourself with people who also believe in you. I think that's really important Um, because... You know, when you surround yourself with people who encourage you and who support you, and I'm not talking about the people that, for example, you know, if we have family members or, or I'm talking about people that you intentionally make friends with or, mm-hmm. or um, coworkers or friends, you know, your support group, whoever that is, um, just, you know, surround yourself with that support system Believe in yourself. It's really, 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 really important to believe in who you are. And, you know, it's not about perfection. Um, that's something that I've learned over the years, especially over the last several years. You know, I mean, we're not perfect people. Mm-hmm. We'll never be perfect people. And it's not about striving for, for, for perfection because you'll never get there. Right. You know, at mm-hmm. least not in this lifetime. So just be content with with who you are, the lessons learned in life, and where you're going, you know, and um, and just believe in yourself. I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned over the years throughout my life is 
is I've encountered different um, situations in my life or struggles that, you know, that I that that seemed insurmountable or that I wasn't going to get through. You know, you mm-hmm. just um, really have to um, sometimes just dig deep. You know, I mean, I know that sounds so cliche, but at the end of the day, I mean, it really comes down to what you believe about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and loving yourself. Yeah. Because that's so important. What would you say? She said exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> like, I, I, it I always happens. That. Like, I hate going last because I have nothing to say. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you can think you of something. You can close out come the on, joke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you know, as I've gotten older, people ask me for more and more advice, and I'm starting to feel like the old man now with white hair everywhere out. <laughs> but I think it's a story. It's a great story to tell. Mm-hmm. And you, you think about the stories you have to tell. You know, I always tell people, look, um, there was a woman with one leg that I got to interview, and it was very, very emotional for me because she did not have a husband. She was shot, um, and she had three kids. And the 17-year-old son was not allowed to work because he was just at the point where he was about to become legal. Mm -hmm. And his mom didn't want him to get caught by immigration working illegally and ruin his opportunity to be a legal citizen of the United States. Mm -hmm. But I always tell him, listen, look at the story that's going on. I mean, it's hard for you to understand right now because when I was 15, I was with alcoholic parents and there was nothing that drove me to where I wanted to get. Mm -hmm. They were not an inspiration to me at all. But it's a great story. And I love telling the story that I come from nothing. Mm -hmm. I come from a place where... I used to sleep amongst the roaches. One day I blew my nose, there was a roach in my nose. That's literally how bad it was. Yeah. No windows in my, in, in my trailer, there was board that would cover it. No hot water in the morning, so I didn't take a shower in the morning. So. Wow. Um, and to come into a place where my kids have called this house the palace, the palace. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> think about the story. You, yeah. you get to write your own, you know... At, at, don't be afraid to write your de- destiny. At the end of the day, it's yours. Right. You know, it's your story. And you've got a great story. You, you grow up poor or you grew up with a complete support of your parents. And this is the reason why I'm here because my parents were the best. Or this is the reason why I'm here. to want to show my parents who were the worst that I could do it without them. Yeah. There's so many stories and, and you're in control of it. Just yeah. think about that story you want to tell people. Because when I get old, I'm going to tell them this story. Hey, listen, I was a nothing. I was a loser. And, and I got a chance to do something really, really cool. I got to marry this hot girl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I liked her. Oh, wow, thanks. I liked her wow. big time to, to score her. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a great story. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, I think Jared has a really, he, he mentioned something really important um, about your story and, and the fact that your story does matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when something that I through inspire her, not only through inspire her, but just in life in general, as I come across people, you know, I just also say and reinforce that your story matters. Don't ever think that your story is insignificant or the things that you've been through in your life are insignificant because at one point, you know, you, you may feel like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to ever get out of this? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel so stuck. I feel so discouraged and I feel so lost, you know, and I can definitely say that I, I came from a place in that part of my life, you know, being, um, being a mom at 16, Mm -hmm. you know, having to go through certain struggles through identity, um, through self-esteem, through, um, through depression. It's just a long list of struggles. But at the end of the day, I needed to go through all of those things mm-hmm. because that really um, 
helped me become the person that I am today. And I know that I'm not finished, you know, like I'm not, I have a lot of more evolving to do and, and learning and growing because life is a process, right? Like we learn, Mm -hmm. we grow, um, as we go along. And so don't ever feel like your story or whatever part of your story that you're in or whatever chapter that it's insignificant because someone else around you is always watching yeah. and someone else is always looking and listening. And so whatever you have to offer that person, even if it's just one person about where you've come out of, because that person might be right where you were at at one point in your life. And it can mean all the difference for Mm -hmm. them, literally between life and death. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, just don't ever, don't ever think, um, that your story doesn't have incredible power because it does. I just want to make sure my wife adds to her story that her husband showed up in a white horse, a prince to like rescue a her. It was like I saw. I saw I this on a beautiful hill. man, and then I right behind him was my husband Jr. Helping yeah, him. So like it was like a sunset, like in this distant hill. <laughs> And then lo and behold, this man comes in this white stallion with long, flowy black hair. He says, hi. <laughs> I'm married, but the guy behind me, my assistant, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm single. sorry. I was looking at the... the uh, yeah. <laughs> we could go on awesome. Yeah, but thank you so much. Yeah. This has been fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah it's been awesome. Thank you, JR. Thank you, yeah, Erica. Thank you. Um, thank you, Noah, who went back in the back room because <laughs> he couldn't watch his TV in here. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next time.